Welcome to the podcast on another episode. Today is uh, February 22nd, uh, 2022. Uh, it's a lot of twos in the day today, and uh, we have a lot of things to talk about. Okay, I can't do the whole episode like that as much as I'd like to. I can't do that. But, yeah, I haven't done an episode in a little bit, kind of just uh, explaining what's going on in Chalk Dinosaur World and kind of what I'm, uh, what's going on musically and in terms of goals and things I'm going to try to do this year. And uh, I guess the biggest thing recently was that we had to pull out of a show this weekend in Columbus. It was supposed to be a sold out show our debut of the full band in Columbus and we had to pull out because I got COVID on Thursday I tested positive and it was very unexpected and unfortunate because it was going to be just the perfect introduction for us into Columbus and you know we're going to try to reschedule but I don't know if I don't know if we're going to get something as ideal as this was and so yeah, I feel bad that I feel bad that it's it happened so last minute having to pull out um and put put the uh, other band and venue in a tough spot to 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 find a replacement and it's also more frustrating because I felt you know, I was feeling pretty fine um you know, definitely well enough to play a show and was very surprised at the results of of my test um but the, the only re- the only reason i tested was cuz i noticed it was a visual cue i noticed that my tonsils were enlarged and um but yeah it still it feels bad even though that's that's you know i take my cues from what the other bands are doing big bands in terms of how they're approaching everything and you know, if you have COVID, you can't play and you can't go into a crowded room full of a couple hundred people knowing that you have this contagious disease that is, you know, potentially deadly for some and um, you can't go and play even if you feel fine. So it was frustrating and I still feel like it reflects poorly on me, even though I know that that's like, it's kind of just the way it, it had to be. Um, but, you know, it's a very small world and music and you don't want to get a reputation as a flake and you don't want to screw someone over by, you know, messing up, uh, their event, um, or, you know, causing them to just leaving them hanging. I guess that's what I was, I was feeling. So, uh, I don't know. I think everybody understood, but it still doesn't feel good. And, you know, I hope we get a chance to redeem ourselves in the future. The interesting thing was, like, leading up to this show, I was very paranoid and concerned that somebody else is going to get COVID in the band. Um, and to be honest, that would have been a lot more stressful because if, say, if Michael got COVID or John Henderson got COVID on Thursday with, you know, one day left repair, like, that's we would still be expected to play. Um, me and Nick would just have to figure out like a two man set or if Nick got COVID, you know, I would still have to 
play. I would just have to figure out how to do a solo set. And it could be done. It would just be very stressful, and I would feel very unprepared to do that. Um, but I, so I was worried about that, like having to come up with some kind of alternative plan at the very last minute, and um, that would be really, I was worried about that. But I ended up getting COVID, so uh, yeah, we just we just canceled it, or we we just pulled out completely. So. It was unfortunate, but it was also, you know, simpler uh, that way than trying to figure out some alternate set or something at the last second. Um, but yeah, we look forward to the next time we get to have the full band in Columbus, and ho I, I hope it, uh, you know, nobody thinks any less of us for, for pulling out of that show at the last minute there. But yeah, let's uh, move on to some other things here. Uh, I've been working on, you know, Chalk Dinosaur music. I've also been recently uh, mixing John Henderson's first solo um, music. Yeah, he's he's making a push to the finish line for his first solo artist release. He's created an artist entity called Sky Ridge. I don't know why I'm talking like this. He is going to be releasing the music under the name Sky Ridge and... Uh, I've been doing the mixing for this for the first few songs and um so he's uh he's always been creatively uh you know having input uh, into Chalk Dinosaur. I know he's he's always got like a lot of little ideas um ever since I before I even met him. I remember looking at his SoundCloud. He's got all these uh different um ideas. But this is the first time that he's he's really taking these ideas to the finish line where he's He's completing them. He's got. He's gonna release them under an artist's name. Uh, he's got artwork. He's. He's. It's gonna be a finished product, and I'm excited for him. And congrats to John for for getting it there because that's really hard to do. And it, it, a lot of people, you know, there's so many places to get hung up in that process. So I'm. Uh, I'm excited for that to happen. Now this makes me think of something I'd like to I'd like to talk about for just a minute here. What makes a song finished? Because this is the part that is so hard for I think every everybody who makes music is finishing a song. Now what makes it finished? Now let's dive into that just just a little bit deeper. The interesting thing is the thing in my mind that really makes something a complete song finished piece of work is really the decision that it's done that is in my mind what makes it done because whenever it's quote done that solidifies in your mind that is it that's the final final piece that's the way it is it is no longer a work in progress it's done and it's so weird because you can always find, you could endlessly find things, reasons why it's not done. But, you know, I listen to a lot of great pieces of music. They don't have an ending written. A lot of really popular songs, they just fade out or they just stop. Like in modern days, like it's like the loop is going and then it just stops. Uh, Tame Impala does that a lot. And, but they're done. They're finished pieces of music. And finished is kind of, a mindset, uh, which is, I don't know, 
something that I try to keep reminding myself of so that I can continue to finish music, create new music, keep sharing new music, and urge all of my creative uh, colleagues to do the same. And this brings me to the next point that I was going to talk about today, which was the strategy of releasing the new music. Yeah, talking with John, it brought me to... He he showed me a video and kind of we were talking about releasing singles, um, like a, a steady flow of singles. And I had always resisted that approach. I just didn't want to do it for so long because... You know, I would look at certain artists that release a lot of singles. Like, uh, I think the only example I, I brought up to John was uh, David Guetta. But a lot of, like, electronic artists, when I look at their discography, it's just this its this collection of ungrouped, like, unorganized singles. It's just a big list of singles, and none of them are grouped together as, like, a body of work. And that really kind of bothers me, or I didn't like that just because like nothing, none of the songs had like an, a home. They were all just singles randomly um, together. And uh, you know, if, if you want to find something, you you just have to know the name of the track. And yeah, I didn't like that, and I never wanted my discography to become like that. So I've resisted. But there's an alternative, or there, there's a way to get around that, I think, that we were talking about. And John reminded me that you could release, you know, 10 singles. And then once they're all released, you could take them down and then release the album. So it's a, so it's a body of work. It's one... Um, group of songs together but you know in the time prior to that full album being released you know you've been getting the benefit of releasing regular singles which so anyway I think I found out a way that I can release singles regularly and then after I release an album's worth of singles just package those into an album and then take the singles down so they don't cloud up the discography so it's just albums um and yeah so i'm excited about that now because john also shared a video with a kind of like a publicist or a yeah like a publicist or a strategist or somebody who who had worked with a lot of artists um he had like a notable resume and and so seemed like he knew what he was talking about and he was just going through all of the logic behind doing this and you know basically just how you can grow an audience uh online through those tools so you know one of the strategies he was talking about was releasing singles every six to eight weeks one single 
And I was like, wow, I could do that. I could do that indefinitely. And uh, so you release a single and then he was like, and then two weeks later you release a video on YouTube. Like, I forget what he called it, but it was like some kind of name for a video where it's just like a thumbnail or it's just like a picture of the album cover. It's not like a music video. It's just like a static picture with with the song playing underneath of it. Put that on YouTube two weeks later. Then two weeks after that, he said, put a lyric video on YouTube, which is just like a video with the lyrics in the video. And then two weeks later, put out like a music video for it. Some kind of, you know, moving pictures video with with the song. So, so that there's something constantly, well, pretty constantly, you know, every every two weeks popping up for this single. And then the next one comes out. So it's just like a constant stream of things. And it doesn't sound like, and it sounds very manageable to do that for one song at a time. Like make a video, do this, do that. And it also made me feel kind of good that every song would get, every song would get attention. And, you know, on an album, the songs, as the album goes on, the songs get less and less plays. So, you know, on Flow State, for example, one of my favorite songs is Sun Goes Down Again. And that I think that's the last song on the album. So that's the least played al- song. It's like one of my favorites, but it's like the least amount of people have heard that. And the way I made that album, I just released the songs. I, I ordered the songs in chronological order. So the first song is the first idea that I made for that album. And then just every subsequent idea, uh, it just goes in order of when they're written. And I, I did that. And I knew that I knew that the further down people got like, the later songs in the album would be less heard just naturally. But I did it anyway um, and decided not to compromise like what I kind of wanted the order of the album to be for, you know, play plays. Um, And I wanted it to be like a timeline of my progression through this, you know, exploring this style of music. So... I've since though, since then, I've started reordering, or I've started really taking that into consideration when I order an album. When I try to come up with the the order of it, I I definitely put like the the ones that I think are the absolute best, and the ones I want people to hear the most. I, I put those towards the top nowadays. Um, but, you know, if I do this, you know, slow and steady singles approach, every single song will get, you know, four to eight weeks of attention before the next one comes out. So then when I compile them into an album, it won't really matter as much, like, they'll, I'll probably end up putting them in chronological order, but, you know, it won't matter as much because every song will have had four to eight weeks in the limelight as the only new thing available to listen to from Chalk Dinosaur for that month or something. 
So, you know, I was also talking to my cousin, Joe Corbett, about this, and he was saying his band, they were thinking about trying this out this summer and releasing a new single, like, each month in summer. And, uh, you know, I mean, his band, Cellar Dwellers, they are, they're killing it. Like, they're they're way more popular online than Shock Dinosaur, and they have way more... Uh, listeners and listens on their most popular songs. So, I mean, he's thinking about doing it too, so I feel like, well, you know, <laughs> I should consider trying something different. So I'm going to try that for 2022. My goal is to release a new single every four weeks so one a month but the interesting it gets interesting because so i wrote out there are 14 songs that i'm i was like working on for the next album and so instead of waiting till i'm done with all 14 of them i'm going to start releasing the ones that are done as singles one every four weeks and that should get me through the next 14 months of releasing something every four weeks. And then that's not factoring in the stuff that we do with the full band. So I think, I think with Chalk Dinosaur, the full band, like uh, the, the live rock and jam side of Chalk Dinosaur, we're going to be doing... The same thing. We're going to try to write and release a song. Probably not every four weeks, but, you know, every... I, f I feel like every six to eight weeks could be... That's definitely doable. Um, and it would be a lot easier to approach that than to try to, like, all right, let's write an, a whole album as a band because, you know, we're our time together is so limited um, that this seems a lot more approachable and you know what else i really like about this idea okay so if so if i'm releasing a song every month for my solo album that i'm working on then plus the songs from from uh the full band i mean that could be more than one song a month um you know that could be two songs a month for certain months and then I also have like this funk album that I'm putting, you know, that I have a lot of ideas for that I just need to, to finish. Um, so I could have like, I could have three simultaneous albums like releasing single by single. So that could just be a ton of new music all the time, but not be, at the same time, it could be like very sustainable for me. Because, you know, the idea of doing one song in a month is, like, I feel like that's so approachable. And, um, so anyway, I'm excited about, about trying that. I'm going to see what happens this year in 2022 if I do it that way. And, you know, they, they say it'll, it'll help a lot just to keep keep your name popping up with fresh content for people to listen to and you know I've been focusing on making videos and doing all this other stuff but really like I'm not leveraging my most 
the thing I'm best at making, which is, and being prolific with, which is music. And I, I need to be leveraging that as like my main source of new content for people. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm interested and excited to see what happens. Maybe nothing will happen. I think I will check though. I'll take my numbers before and, uh, kind of pay attention to those as the year goes on and see what happens because Chalk Dinosaur has been at about, you know, um, as of today, let's see, what are my numbers here? Audience. I'm, I'm on the Spotify for artists thing. As of today, 1,883 listeners in the last 28 days. And it's been like that for a long time. Like, that's pretty stable. It's usually, like, a little less than 2,000 monthly listeners. And about the same amount of followers. So, like, whenever we release a new album, it usually jumps up. It could jump up to twice as much. Uh, listeners per month. So, like, I, I remember that happened with Spectrum. That happens. That happens anytime, anytime there's a release. Oh, yeah. That happened with Fire on the Beach. Big spike, yeah, with Spectrum. Yeah, every album, there's a spike. So, that would totally make sense why that would be a good idea to keep releasing things because... It's definitely getting to people when the release happens. So I'm going to try that. And yeah. Monthly listeners, as of now, February 2022, 1883. So we'll see what happens with that. So I feel like, yes, there will be a slow and steady rampage of new music with uh, Chalk Dinosaur this the next 12 months or so and I'm, I'm anxious to see how that how that pans out and you know what else I like about this method is that I really like that I will be getting I'll be getting my um, the feeling that I really love about music m making music one of the most like rewarding and fulfilling feelings I get is when I get to share it, like when it's released, when it's actually done and other people can listen to it. And I love that feeling. And with this, uh, singles, uh, steady drip of singles release thing, I, I'll have that feeling constantly of like, all right, things are moving people are having people are getting new stuff to listen to and you know that feeling always gives me motivation to to make more like sharing it and seeing you know people enjoying it uh makes me want to make more so i'm excited to have that feeling on a more regular basis because when you have to wait a long time while you're working on an album 
to feel like you're moving forward with with releasing music like for me that's a that's why I release music so frequently is because like I feel like I feel stagnant if I haven't shared anything if I haven't released any new stuff for people to listen to um so I'm, I'm pretty excited to have that see how that works out but yeah that's that's uh that's that's it with that i'm excited about about that i'm gonna start i I sent a song to get mastered uh two songs yesterday so i'm gonna start in march i'm gonna release the first first song in march and you know once i've released seven to ten i'm gonna cap them off and do an album that'll be packaged into an album i'll take the singles down and it'll just only exist in the full album then at that point um so yeah, that's it. And uh I mean other than that, what else we got going on? January. It was a it was supposed to be a dry January. Uh we were me and my girlfriend Alyssa who I uh live with like the holidays in December and December we played a show in early December and then it was like the holidays came around and I kind of felt like I was just drinking uh, all the time towards the end and was very, we both felt like very ready for a break. So we were doing that in January, trying to kind of recalibrate the daily daily, uh, stuff, daily rituals. So... Stopped drinking and started uh, reprioritizing, you know, working out. So I was working out a lot and I wasn't drinking. I started out with the journaling and meditation daily in in January, but I I fell behind on that. I kind of like didn't stick with that for that month. And uh, right now I'm... I mean, it was really, it was, it was refreshing and I feel like I needed that kind of reset, but we didn't make it through the, <laughs> through the whole month. Uh, yeah, but it was enough to kind of change the pattern. Uh, I think the last week we kind of just gave up because, uh, yeah, that's what happens when you start making exceptions. You're like, well, you know, this is a special time. I will make an exception. And you know, the only time it's ever worked for me is if there's no exception like for, for social stuff because oh, stuff just comes up all the time and it's like lots of reasons you can make up make lots of reasons to to break your uh thing <laughs> which i'm we're going through the same thing again this month because or at least like this week because we're trying to um not do any nicotine this week which uh for anybody out there who's been addicted to nicotine it's very tricky to to kind of get out of that control because it's so available and I don't feel the negative effects on my daily life like I don't feel any negative effects really um, 
like it doesn't impact my life in a negative way. So therefore it's very hard to, to, uh, stop doing it. And even when you do feel negative effects, like I was a, I was like half a pack a day smoker in like after college for, for, I don't know. Till I started vaping. I don't know. Probably like, I was probably half a pack a day smoker for like five to 10, five to eight years, maybe six to eight years. And yeah, I remember the, the one time I had tried to quit a lot of times and it, you know, never worked. And the one time it did really stick for like multiple months. And then I started smoking again cause I'm, I was stupid. Um, but I didn't, it wasn't like I caved. I just like voluntarily, you know, put myself in that position. But I had read a book called, I think it was called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. And it was like a different approach, I guess. Whereas like a lot of other approaches were like, here's how you prepare for like all these terrible feelings you're going to have when you quit. Um, and like, here's how you deal with all these cravings. Like it really focused on like how much it kind of sucks to quit. And this book kind of like re framed your mind into really wanting to quit like not like understanding that like what you actually wanted and like um i don't know it really illustrated to me how mental nicotine addiction is because i feel like the first couple times i tried to quit smoking cigarettes i would get i would experience the withdrawals that people said i would experience like i was you know anxious and irritable and you know not good emotionally but after I read this book that kind of like brainwashed me into you know believing that this nicotine addiction is like mental and that you know it really like set my brain up to not want nicotine anymore and cigarettes when I quit that time there was no physical withdrawal at all like when my mind was was in the right place and and actually wanted to stop and like bought into everything about why I wanted to stop and I was you know my mind was fully behind it then there were no physical withdrawal symptoms none it was like it blew my mind just the fact that that was real that like you know a lot of these physical side effects of um of quitting nicotine are actually caused by, you know, mental stuff. Like they're not actual, your body doesn't actually, isn't actually needing the nicotine. It's like your, your mind wanting it and creating physical symptoms. So if like in getting your mind really in the right place and, um, like that eliminated all the physical discomfort from it. So that was, that was pretty amazing. But anyway, we are, this is day two. We had a, it's just a simple goal this week, just to not do it until the weekend. And this could be doomed from the start if we, if we try to do just the weekend only nicotine approach. But honestly, it was like approachable enough of a challenge that I'm, I was willing to try it versus giving it up entirely forever like the idea of that 
probably wouldn't have done anything about it until a little bit later. Wouldn't have tried anything because I, that's a much more daunting task. So just going to try to make it to the weekend and Friday after work until, you know, Sunday when I go to bed, I'm going to, going to allow that. We'll see how that goes. I don't think it usually goes well whenever you allow a little bit, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I could be different. Maybe we could be different. Uh, but that's what everyone thinks, you know, everyone thinks they're special. But, um, anyway, that's what's going on now. So it's really weird sitting down here at my desk. I feel like I knew that I subconsciously reached for my vape and like Zen nicotine pouches a lot. And this is just like really illustrating that. Cause like every five minutes or something, um, I'm just like reaching for my vape and then I have to remind myself, ah, 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 we're not doing that right now. No, we are not doing that. But it's crazy how subconsciously my body and mind just like reflexively uh, go for that. So it's an interesting thing to observe, but it does feel good not to be doing it. I feel like, I don't know, it didn't make me feel really, I, I didn't feel like it was damaging me, but it can't be good. I don't think so. To be inhaling all that vape smoke, just like wet flavored syrup into my lungs. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, that's about it. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of, finally got some more work for the company I work for, Vanacore, which is a relief. I hadn't really gotten any work to do for a while, like months. So I finally got some, you know, significant amount of work to do from them. Feels really good because it's been a while and I haven't had a very stable source of income and I still don't. But I got to say, like having some money coming in really, really puts my mind at ease. Um, even when, you know, I kind of felt not at ease for various other aspects or reasons like uh I, I would feel a little anxious like oh, i need to like finish more chalk dinosaur music i need to like do all this other it would like seep into all the other things i'm doing like oh, i feel anxious about this show or i feel anxious about this stressed out about these other things but really like after making a good you know a little bit of income good chunk of money and i have a little breathing room um it really felt like that kind of lightened up my mind with everything and kind of like just took a weight off. Uh, so I, I'm just happy for that, that, that I get that feeling. Um, and, um, yeah, hopefully can, can keep, uh, keep that going. It's weird. It, it, it gives me a lighter feeling, even though I may have less time. I may have less time to put towards things. It feels like I have more time because I'm not, my mind isn't preoccupied with how I'm going to, um, you know, make ends meet financially. I think the crazy thing about this and kind of the scary thing about this was 
so I got this big chunk of work that was gonna just it just like put my mind at ease for for a little while. I had some breathing room after I finished this. And the scary part is I didn't get the original email. It went directly to my spam. And then they followed up. They're like, hey, did you get this email? Can you do this? I said, thank God that you followed up because no, I didn't get the email. It went directly to my spam folder. And had you not followed up, I never would have responded. I never would have known that there was work for me to do. And y'all would have thought that I was just like a jagoff who didn't respond and didn't want to do the work. So, <laughs> Boy, really, really could have turned out different if I never knew about that email, if I never saw that email. So I'm just glad that that worked out and that, you know, I was able to get the email in time. They followed up and now we're good. Yeah, I, I also did a piece of work for a game. Well, it was through another company for a game. Um, and it wasn't, I, I'm like competing for it. Like it's not something that I have, you know, that I'm the one definitely doing it, but I'm one of a small number of composers competing for this uh, placement in with a game company, and it would be super significant chunk of money. Um, the fee for this placement would be five figures. It'd be, I think, 12500 would be what I would get if I happen to win this. Um and it's it blew my mind that they that one short song could be so valuable to to this because I'm used to not getting hardly anything at all for a song. So um, it kind of blew my mind. And then, but also at the same time, not because this gaming franchise is, you know, they've got live tournaments. I'm not going to give away who it is, but they've got live tournaments and they have an audience when they broadcast their like championships that is as much as the Super Bowl, like 100 million viewers. Um, so they're, it, I guess they're bringing in a lot of money. It's, it's really crazy. It blew my mind this whole world of uh, e-sports, as they call it. And I feel pretty good about what I delivered. I feel like it was like pretty much exactly on brand for them and the kind of thing that they get kind of thing that they've gotten in the past so i'm hopeful about that but you know i'm not going to get my hopes up too much because you know i've done a lot of other high reward type submissions for theme songs and other things and a lot of a lot of them i feel like i nail it like i i did one of the most disappointing theme song submissions i did was for celebrity deathmatch uh they were doing like a reboot of that show, I don't know if you remember that on MTV, of Celebrity Deathmatch, where they they have like these claymation fictional fights between celebrities, and um, they were doing a reboot. They needed a theme song that would like drew on the first one, but was modernized in some ways. And man, I felt like I nailed that so good. Like, I felt like I really, really was going to get that. Like, how could they not pick this one? I felt like it was perfect. And, yeah, it didn't get picked. I think the show... I don't know if the show ever finished production. Like, I think the show might have got shut down. They might have bailed on it, pulled the plug before um, it ever aired. I, I actually am not sure. All I know, though, is that my song was not used for one re reason or another, and it was 
very, very sad because I really like invested a lot of hope and belief in that particular one because I felt like this is the one that is exactly what they want. And like, this is the one that I'm going to get. Um, but yeah, haven't reeled in a big fish yet with that, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, but also not hoping. I'm just kind of living my life under the assumption that I'm not going to get this, uh, this, this big game placement that I'm trying to get. And if I do, it'll be great. But yes, I've been, I've had my heart broken many times by the, uh, getting my hopes up for these types of high reward, uh, high competition type of submissions. But anyway, other things I'm working on. Did some, I was working on this, this piece of work for Starcade Arcade, the, uh, the VR gaming company, which is an, an interesting project. Um, they wanted, so they have a lot of music now that they've commissioned people to make and they wanted they wanted me to string together 60 minutes of it into a mix like a seamless mix and with the intention of creating a visual experience in the VR world to this 60 like a 60 minute uh, you know almost like if you go to a laser show uh at the science center or you are watching a concert and there's like a coordinated choreographed visual element to it kind of like that just like a or like a visualizer on your computer when you're listening to music like some kind of visual accompaniment some kind of visual experience in the vr world they wanted to create you know a 60 minute one of those so you could listen to this all of the music from their games and also be immersed in this you know I'm not exactly sure what kind of environment they would create for you to be like immersed in and what would be going on if it would be like lighting light show like trippy shape stuff or if it would be like um some kind of environment from their games that you were that you were going through. I'm not exactly sure, but that was kind of an exciting idea to me because I feel like Whenever you go to a show, like a real concert, and you're it's a big concert and you can't possibly like get up close enough to actually like see the people that well. So what you're looking at is like you're looking at their light show or their laser show, or, like whatever they have set up for visuals. It's like that's mainly what I'm watching if I can't see the people. And that adds so much to how you experience the sound like what you're seeing it re they really complement each other and i feel like i feel like uh, i've only i've only tried vr one time well maybe a couple times but like one time recently and it was it was cool like i could it was really cool and i could see how there could be value in that and i i feel like even not vr i remember when me and nick and Andrew, uh, Nick, my brother, and Andrew, our friend and former roommate, former bass player, they would play Grand Theft Auto, and in that in that video game, they like owned their character, like owned a club, uh, a nightclub, and sometimes we would go into the nightclub and just like 
sit in the nightclub and listen to music in there. It was really, it was really odd because it was like, it was like a virtual experience. Like we were, we went into the club and we like virtually danced with like the character and like listened to this DJ who was playing. And it was actually really cool because the DJ that was in the club, you know, they had chosen and hired, you know, all in the context of this game where they have this fictional character. They bought this club, they hired the DJ they wanted, but the DJ is like a real DJ in the real world and made a mix, like made music specifically for this video game and uh, for like that particular scene, like his club. I don't know. So we spent a lot of time in Grand Theft Auto just like in the club listening to the DJ playing and that was just so odd because it was like a virtual concert experience, like a virtual club experience. But it was actually really, I enjoyed that a lot because we had some really nice speakers in our TV room. And so we just like cranked it up and went into the club in Grand Theft Auto. And like the DJ was good. Like I really liked what the DJ was playing. So we spent a lot of time and I think we, we spent a lot of hours in there one night just in the virtual club. <laughs> so I could see how that could be something. Um, if you could go into different virtual spaces, interact with other people, which we were not doing, but like if you could, you know, um, and see, uh, have some kind of custom tailored visual experience to the music you're listening to, that, that could be cool. But anyway, I just turned that in and hopefully... Um, everything's good with that, um, but I thought that was an interesting, interesting idea. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, that's pretty much all I got, got to say right now, but I hope, uh, hope everyone has a good February, and, um, yeah, the weather's turning and it's real nice, it's real, real nice. Everybody have a good, everybody have a good week. Everybody have a good month and a good year. Year, 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 year,